Okay, so let me start this episode off by saying just because there are kill switch programs in place doesn't mean that they're going to happen or that they're going to be acted upon. All right, so I just want to play a little bit of devil's advocate before I jump into it. So there was a gentleman who worked for DARPA by the name of Dr. Bill H. Weld who leaked classified above-top-secret documents from both DARPA and the Department of Defense, in which these documents, which I've seen, by the way, explicitly stated and described a, quote, nano-domestic quell slash kill switch, end quote. Now, before I start this, I just want to say that Dr. Weld has actually been contacted by a federal law enforcement agency, which he refuses to name, and was asked to remove the high-resolution classified documents from his blog and other sources or risk possible federal criminal charges and more. And the, the and more part's a little mysterious, but... <clears throat> so... This gentleman, Dr. Welt, who many people... He, he's on the database records at DARPA. I mean, you can look it up, you could find him. But as the documents clearly demonstrate from the documents, at least that Dr. Weld disclosed or leaked, whatever you want to call it, the U.S. government has embarked on a program to implement a secret sort of mimic the flu virus, a virus that mimics the flu to be activated on the public in the instance of domestic uprisings, riots, and armed resistances. So the nano devices are in or are carried by an estimated 87% of the population at this point in time with a projected 98% infected over the next year or two. Now, chances are you and I, if you're living in the States or you live there most of the time, already have this nano device inside of your body as you read this. Now, please understand these nano devices are inert until activated by a radio signal or transmission. Now, let me just make something very clear. Right now, we have the coronavirus going on. I'm not trying to associate this particular DARPA program with the coronavirus. I'm not trying to put blame on the DOD or DARPA. I'm not saying that. Could it be COVID? I wouldn't rule it out, but I would say I'm like 70 to 80% sure it's not COVID, right? Anyways, I just wanted to clear that up because of what's going on these days. So the way that it works is that you are safe until a cell tower, drone, or other method of transmission activates this device, right? Now, the documents in which were leaked by the uh, by Dr. Mr. Held there don't go into any detail specifically. Again, he mentioned that he could, only, he could only leak so much because of how much he was able to attain in secret. Because when you work in these offices and these intelligence communities, just like Edward Snowden, you're always being watched. So it's extremely difficult to load these files onto a USB or memory stick and get it out through security on your way out, right? However, the document does state that drones and cell towers will be used. And once activated, the device will mimic the flu virus. And then you'll be dead within anywhere from 10 to 12 days. And there's no known cure or way to prevent this, right? And so, 
again, how this virus or th- this nanotech got into us, it, it could be through so many different ways. I mean, nanotech is getting to the point now where it's so small that even as I pinch my fingers, you can't even see it. Right? And if people say that that type of technology doesn't exist, with all due respect, I call bullshit on that. At least personally, I do. So, the military can target very specific locations, particularly with drones, right? And that's another thing. Why do you think they want drones over the U.S. sky so desperately? That's another thing as well. Not just the U.S., but Canada as well, Mexico too, right? For different reasons, but overall the same concept and purpose, if you will. They can target a room, a small house, an apartment complex, a city block, a town, or a whole metropolitan area. By simply firing this signal... The nano devices in your body will be activated and you will die from what will appear to be a very severe case of the flu. And it will not seem like anything more. Now again, before I go on, this is perfect in the sense of if they want to control population, what they would have to do is take out, or take out, sorry, I guess murder, if you will, people in certain areas and make it sort of look like a a flu surge is coming upon the people very naturally or coming upon society in a very natural way, right? It can then scale from there slowly but surely. Very similar to that of a natural virus. If you can mimic the way in which a natural virus sort of comes out of its shell and spreads to the rest of society or the world, it's a pretty damn good secret that could be maintained as long as very few people know about it. And I'm not complimenting the people at DARPA and the DOD who, who have done this. I'm just saying that this is, I mean, when you look at these documents, and these documents claim to be a, a kill switch, worst case scenario program, I mean, I certainly wouldn't rule it out. And if it's not done yet, it's going to be done down the road at some point, right? I mean, and I'm not trying to sound like a, a wacko or whatever, but ultimately it's with the technology that that they have in so many different areas and with how compartmentalized a lot of this technology is, it's very difficult to to say what's true and what isn't and what's fake and what's been exaggerated and so on. So the virus outbreak can scale from individual or group targets to a all the way to a large city or countrywide outbreak, right? And this program, let me be very clear though, this program was not created to kill everyone. They're not trying to kill everyone. They created this program to deal with extreme, and I emphasize the word extreme, extreme domestic uprisings during an economic collapse, right? And so the reason for this, or at least their justification within these documents, is that when the collapse happens, they won't have enough troops to control the country or deal with the armed resistances, right? Specifically referring to the Second Amendment, how people specifically down south are very passionate about their guns, which I'm, I'm totally in support of, I'm fine with, and they have so many guns that would be very difficult for the U.S. military, at least foot soldiers, to be able to take everybody down just because the numbers would be so high, right? So they needed another way of keeping control. Now let me also be clear, I'm not saying that this is being done by any one presidential administration. I would even go as far as to say that the president doesn't even know that much about this. And I just did an episode on that recently as well. So by not having to fire a single shot to put down an armed uprising, they're essentially killing two birds with one stone, or even three birds with one stone for that matter. A flu virus will appear to be a sort of random act of God 
instead of perceived government aggression, right? And that's the other thing. You have to ask yourself this. Why do you think they haven't banned guns? Because they don't need to with this system in place, right? So... When we take a step back, all right, and, and we reflect on this, what we have to ultimately look at here is we have to sit back and we have to say, can we do anything about this? Yes or no? It, it, how is this first off being transmitted to us, right? And there are many different theories first off. There, there's a, a proposal that it's being put in through vaccines. I, and I know that that's a big thing, particularly with 5G and Bill Gates and all that now. And I'm not, I'm not getting into that in this episode, but it could be that it was put in through food. Because again, at the end of the day, in, in the West and as well as around the world, you have major corporations, only a handful of them, in which control the very basic foods that every single human being needs in order to survive. Right? So whether you're rich or whether you're poor, we're all buying the same kind of food. Maybe some people buy higher quality than others. But at the end of the day, we're all buying the same kind of food that stems from the same three or four maximum, three or four companies and corporations, right? And so when you take a look, not just at the documents, right? But when you take a look at all of the other different ways in which nanotechnology could be able to get to, to us, you ultimately wouldn't know what you're ingesting, what you're eating, if there's a piece of technology in there. Now, it's been said that if, for those of you in the United States and around the world, there has been a recent switch in the last five to six years within Canadian cash, from paper to, I believe it's plastic. And there's big speculation that there are trackers within this Canadian cash that allows for the federal Canadian government to track things more easily, to see where the cash is going, if they really wanted to. Now, that doesn't mean that there's a tracker necessarily that can give the, the, the feds a sort of a live feed, if you will, but it shows every time this particular dollar bill is deposited into a bank or deposited in some form or another around the world through some type of digital machine, this then serial number or nano tracker within the cache would be able to, to pick it up and know where it is, which, interestingly enough, sort of explains why there's a, a, a sort of a, a sudden jump in criminals who used to escape from the States and live freely in Canada. And then all of a sudden, in the last four or five years since this cache has changed, we've noticed a sudden jump in arrests with criminals. Now, yes, there's a, there's a lot more factors to that, right? And I'm not saying that criminals being arrested is a bad thing. I'm just saying that when you look at the numbers, it is a little bit suspicious, certainly, right? Because if there's one thing we know, it's that criminals tend to carry more cash on them than the average person, generally speaking, right? So at the end of the day, this nanotechnology, right, is, is not to be mistaken with the COVID-19 vaccine or anything of the sort, what we have to assess here is we have to assess the authenticity of this. We have to think, okay, should we take this with a grain of salt or should we extend beyond that, 
right? I mean, you can do your own research and everyone can do their own research, but it's gone to the point these days where even the vast majority of institutions are being questioned, right? And so when people don't trust news sources, and I'm just going to name a few, like the, the New York Times or the Washington Post or CNN or, or, or Fox News, when people stop trusting these institutions, which it's fine to question to a certain degree, right? And when people stop trusting them, that's when things start to get extremely scary. Because then that's when these, these federal agencies like the CIA, like DARPA, like the DOD, like the NSA, like the FBI, like the IRS, that is when they know that the people are the most vulnerable. So let's, let's take, for example, right now, what's going on right now in the world. And I don't like to usually talk about this in my episodes, but it kind of lines up well. So let's talk about what's going on in the world. Massive riots and uprisings, not just in the U.S., but all across the world, in Europe, some are more civil than others. I mean, we can argue all day about what's peaceful, what's not. I know that's a big thing right now. But what we have to look at is how much of this can go on until it becomes classified as extreme, particularly in the U.S. by DARPA, until this type of kill switch, if you will, is activated. Could you argue that COVID is what's happening right now? Could you argue that that's the case? Maybe. I mean, certain people have argued that Bill Gates is behind this. And listen, I... I kind of refuse to dive into that in my episodes just because I want to stay away from that as much as possible. But if there's some type of nanotech that DARPA, through these documents at least, have shown that have been declassified where they're going to put it in through food or vaccines. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think... I think we need to stop focusing so much on on how it's getting in to into our bodies and figure out how we can sort of prevent this. Because, yeah, sure, it's cool to... And it's very intriguing and informative to be able to dissect and break down these conspiracies. But even if we as a people come together and find out who's behind it, chances are these people are not going to get punished, right? So ultimately, I don't mean to sound like a conspiratorial nut job, but... I needed to make this available to the people out there who are very interested in these kill switch programs. And I'm, I'm sure these are not the only ones. I mean, we've seen studies that have been done back in the 60s and 70s signed off by President Kennedy, JFK, and his uh, Secretary of State and Secretary of Defense, where they signed off on black budget programs that tested, did tests on people in New York subways and putting chemicals into the air that people didn't know. And I'm not talking about chemtrails, by the way. Which is ironic, again, that these things keep coming up. But I'm talking about things that were done back in the, in the 60s and the 50s, right? And it seemed like the 70s and 80s were really the ultimate time for black budget experimentation, if you will, right? And it seems like that there were many kill switch experiments, but this one happened to be one of them that seemed to be a little more solidified for, for DARPA and, uh, and for the DOD, right? So let me know what you guys think. This is certainly something that is very interesting and very intriguing, and it's very much open to interpretation in a lot of different ways. I did my best to get more research and more information on it, but it just was impossible. So let me know what you guys think, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace.